All right. How are we doing? This is the Zim video. This is Creative Mind Podcast. This is the Zim coming at you again with another MCU after show. Hope you're doing well. Um, thanks for joining again. All right. So this is a show where we talk about the MCU and basically a follow up, a reaction and speculation and talk about conversation about what's going down in the MCU. We just had the third episode of the falcon and the winter soldier which was amazing and as my title says i changed my title around this time because i had to it's um it says uh sharon carter is the power broker i mean don't what do you think (laughs) i mean it seems so here's how it went i was watching the show yesterday and um and my mom actually brought it up she was like um do you think that's do you think she's the power broker and i wasn't thinking about it at all because um because i was conditioned by her role previous to this episode you know i was conditioned by the idea that she was romantic with or getting romantic with Captain America, it was on Captain America's side. By the way, side note, anybody else think it's strange that the two people they showed Captain America have romantic interest in were related? (laughs) Anybody else? Anybody else? I haven't heard anybody say that. But also haven't heard anybody say on the internet. So I had, I kind of been some, uh, I've been 10% avoiding the internet to, I don't want to hear somebody else make this call, but um, I'm sure somebody else has got to have said this idea already that Sharon Carter is the power broker. I mean, it just makes so much sense. I mean, the so the way this show works, let me break down the show a little bit, is basically I'm, I'm still developing how it works, but I kind of focus on each character of the episode and then talk about each character. And then within talking about each character, it opens up... Um, some general ideas of the show. I don't have anything um, overarching to bring up that I could think of, but um, maybe I'll sprinkle it in. This is a pretty random show. It's also both on YouTube and on the podcast Creative Mind. Um, You can find the links to either one if you'd rather watch it or listen to it in different formats. You can find the links in the description of each one. Um, so thanks a lot for joining. So yeah, Sharon Carter is the power broker. My mom brought it up and, you know, like I was saying, I was conditioned by this idea that she was already, she's somebody else than we believe her to be. And, and, but as you look at it, I watched the episode twice and as you watch it, it just makes more sense after she brought it up. And I was like, cause the one thing is, you know, Zemo describes the power broker. So the question that the, the big question is, what is the timeline of the power broker? Did the power broker exist before the snap? Did Sharon Carter dust or not? She must not have dusted if she was able to become the power broker and and build up that kind of power through the, because there was, you know, more opportunity when this, after the snap during the blip. Is the blip when they came back or is the blip when, I don't know, I have to figure that out. Um, but um so that there, that's a that's a question. There is like, is the power broker somebody that started? Like, is it wasn't like a, you know, 
Because Zemo says he heard the reputation of the power broker. At what point in time did he hear the reputation of the power broker? Did Zemo get snapped? Was Zemo dusted? I don't know. There's answers to... So that's the only question. If if the timeline matches, then obviously I think Sharon Carter could be the power broker. Or they're trying to bait us to believe she is, if anybody else thinks that she is. Um, it's like, why is she so cynical? I mean, she's cynical. You know, is she... Are they care? Are the writers kind of really pushing the boundaries of who this person could have been? Because uh, when we saw her in Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and um, is that where? She, and she showed up in Civil War. When she showed up, when we saw her in both of those places, you know, she, she felt righteous. She felt like a good person. Like she didn't. There was never really an indication that she would turn to like a dark path um the only thing that comes to mind that says maybe shows that she's tough and i love how much she kicked ass in this uh, she kicks so much ass she was like it was like awesome how how much of an ass i thought for a second when i started thinking about her being the power worker i thought like is she juicing on this serum is she taking it but she fought the kind of the assassin people in the in the shipyard like a normal person would she didn't look like to have any super strength and why wouldn't she use her super strength if she could you know so that's one that's i was like okay she's probably not on the stuff but she because you know and then at the end of that whole sequence well i haven't finished my first thought so when zemo says you know he's heard of the reputation of the power broker and heard he's like insane basically like not insane but nobody you want to mess with and and in that whole sequence of sharon carter fighting she was kicking ass it's like that's not somebody you want to mess with she was not joking around <laughs> and so that that matched up it was interesting you know everybody saw that she was the person they had a quick shot of her in the bar when when they all went into the bar for that first time and she was the hooded character that walked away. So she saw everything happen, how she knew to be there or or was she just there by coincidence? I don't know how that would work. She was like, oh my gosh, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier are here right now with Zemo. What's going on? Like if she saw it and just kind of ducked away and just kind of watched from the sidelines. Because how many people know who the, how many people have seen the Power Broker's face? That's what I want to know too. It's like, is she is the power broker a complete mystery to like everybody, but a really select few, like nobody actually knows who this person is. Um, so there's that idea, but she saw that all go down. And then when she mentioned to them while they were talking out of her apartment place, you know, um, she made that comment of Bucky being Zemo's puppet and Zemo kind of like looked at her like, how did, what, how did you know? And that's what I, I interpreted it. Like, how did you know what was happening? Like, so you, you were there, you know, it's like, so that was an interesting thing. So um, those are a couple of things, but anyways, what do you think? Is Sharon Carter the power broker? Did I just blow your mind? Did I just blow your mind? My mom blew my mind when she said it. I was like, what? That's, I was not even thinking that I was, cause I was totally thinking like, oh, we're going to find out who the power broker is. Not maybe this episode, but you know, it's like the mystery of the power broker 
it's like who is this person and then like because the com i don't think they're going to use the comic way of doing it they, in the comics because the other idea so okay we're going to jump to john walker the new captain america guy because in the comics he has a very specific relationship with the power broker and I'm wondering if they're trying to suggest with him, you know, they're progressively showing John Walker get more and more angsty and angry, you know, not be able to hold his cool. So I'm wondering if he's like juicing up on this stuff right now in some way. Like I know they said there's only so many vials and Carly stole them all. So maybe he's not, but it's interesting because, you know, there's this relationship like will, will John Walker end up becoming a super soldier as well because he is in the comics um so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out and he's he is because of the power broker like the power broker made him that way and so there's that relationship there um interesting to think about interesting to think about that um let's start, let's run down the list so falcon the interesting so of course the callback to the car scene when Bucky was in the backseat of the Vita bug and you know he's now in the backseat of this this other car you know are you gonna you're not gonna pull the seat up are you it's like nope um that was good good callback uh Falcon really didn't have I mean he played the role of the smiling tiger guy a little comic relief in there a little bit but um Nothing really, nothing moved that I could think of with his character. Um, the the one thing, the one thing that was that did make me kind of question a little bit is how how much how quickly he accepted the fact that Bucky broke helped break Zemo out of prison, which reminds me. So we'll get to Bucky next, but um, so that whole thing, like that whole discourse, like okay, I'll. I'm okay with this now. And then, so it kind of, well, we kind of have to talk to about Bucky and, and, and Falcon all at the same time and Zemo even, because when they're in the bar and they're fighting, there's people, they, they specifically show people videotaping this. So, or not, not videotaping, but you know, cell phone recording, they have cell phones and they're holding them up. Does that mean this the fact that they're with Zemo is going to get out like on the internet. And so they're going to be on the run again, like straight up on the run and not like they're going to be something bad's going to happen in that way. So, and is that how they're able to, so, so they might decide like, well, okay, we're fugitives anyway. We're, we're back on the run. We can't go home. Let's just, and they're relying on Zemo, which is another thing. Like, why is Zemo so willing to just work? There, there are so many opportunities for him to just go like, I'm out of here. Peace, <laughs> peace out. I'm gone. I'm not coming. You know, it's like, but he's willing to stay with him. So they're making Zemo almost like this anti-hero in a way, you know, through for this show at this point anyway. They're like making him willing to work with them because is his desire to snuff out any idea of the super soldier so passionate and anything about super so that he's like i'll just stick with these guys because they're gonna help me take out the people i want to take out like he did in the show like taking out the doctor so um you know it, it kind of they're just kind of suspended disbelief a little bit right now with that whole relationship but so it, bucky and and sam sam being just kind of like easy to go like okay let's just do this 
Are they on the run? But then does that open up why, you know, because we've seen in the previews that they eventually get the shield. They eventually have the shield. And they were talking about in this episode, like, I'm going to take Bucky's like, I'm going to take the shield before you can destroy it because they had that hold its course. I'm going to take it back, you know, from this other Captain America guy. So if they've now, if they're pushed into a place of being fugitives again, maybe they don't care about stealing this. They're like, screw it. We're fugitives anyway. Again, let's go, let's go take the shield and let's go find these people that are making super, super soldiers, you know, and take them down. Um, there's that idea. And then, um, the other, so talking about Bucky, um, little confusing this episode with where like where he's his head's at a little bit he's so like there it's interesting it's hard to tell what they're really doing with the character um because they're suggesting that you know he's obviously fighting with this idea of being the winter soldier and how where does he live within that spectrum of how how his relationship with being the winter soldier is because now they pushed him back into that place um, and will he get pushed over the edge again for some reason? Like he's really pissed off about the whole Captain America situation with Bucky, with Sam and stuff. But um, there's that. But the question I want to have is how did he get the the card, the the security card thing to Zemo in the book? Like, did he set this? Does he have connections that he tapped into? before he even went there like he was he called up some security guards he's like look i want you to put this in this book and give it to the zemo because we're going to show up and break him out like how does like how does that how did he do that they don't explain they're like oh you know what book you reading oh machiavelli or however you pronounce it and um oh oh by the way there just happens to be a key card in there that you can escape with like how could he use the key card to get on that side ah, whatever whatever <laughs> that was a little bit yeah but they just needed to get him out of the prison somehow so um there's that one this is gonna might be a slightly shorter episode because uh, i'm getting through all my points pretty quick but um then we have carly the interesting play on carly so they're really twisting so at first you know the first episodes carly's the the, the smack smag flashers the flag smashers um, you know, in the first episode or the second episode or whatever, they made them seem like they're kind of righteous about what they're doing. But then, so you kind of felt for them. You're like, oh, even though they're, they're, they're anti like establishment, at least they're not bad guys, you know, in the same sense, but now they're bad guys. They just killed a bunch of people. They just blew up a bunch of people. So it's like, okay, we pushed them into the realm of bad guys and interesting to see like, the, the previews totally made it feel like that Zemo and the Flag Smashers would, were a, like a team. But Zemo, it's just interesting they're aware they're kind of aligning things. It's not what you're expecting. I, I believe what I've heard about the comics and Zemo is he puts together like this, his own superhero team in a way that's like bad. They're like bad dudes, but he's part, he's, he's kind of maybe that's kind of a twist they're doing right now is they're gonna make falcon and winter soldier bad guys again in some way and zemo is kind of their support network to make this all happen so it's like a twist on that idea on that idea that he zemo puts together a team 
and who else might be in that team if anybody else comes along. It'll be interesting to find out. Um, but yeah, Sharon Carter, the power broker, I'm pretty much like, that's like, I'm interested to see if how that plays out. Cause that right at the, you know, at that whole, the end of that whole sequence, she goes to the girl, her driver. And she's, you know, she's like, we got a problem. Actually, we got a couple problems, you know, because, and then when, when Zemo shot the, the doctor, she's like, what did you do? You know, she's like, I need that guy. He's making me my, my serum. You know, <laughs> it's like, ah, so, so interesting. And this show. Okay. So, we did, there is some overarching stuff I want to talk about. Again, this show is just so good. Like cinematic, like the way this show has been put together is so good. Like better, I think it's better than WandaVision. Like I really liked WandaVision. I thought WandaVision was awesome. But this show is just so well paced and so well crafted. Like every, there's nothing out of place. Like WandaVision, there was a few things out of place and you're like, yeah, that's, they didn't do so good. Like in terms of quality, in terms of like cinema, that level of quality we're, we're used to, like WandaVision had a few moments that were like, you know, Thor, the dark world quality, you know, like Thor, the dark world is like the worst cinematic version of the Marvel cinematic universe. And there was just moments in WandaVision where like, ah, he didn't quite hit it right there. <laughs> in my opinion, like with production value, with storytelling, with a couple of things. Uh, but so far, like all so far, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, after three episodes, like nothing is out of place. Everything is like perfect as far as I'm concerned. Like, I mean, yeah, if I had to really stretch and go like, if I had to really go like, where are they failing in this show? They have a little bit of that. It all works out too easily syndrome. Like, oh, it just works out. It's like, oh, we need this to happen. Let's talk about some weird idea. And then, oh, that's what happened. There's no, there's no like necessarily like a struggle to make it happen. There's no like sometimes the belief that it was a difficult thing. What isn't there, but not a lot. It's not too bad. Like there's some shows where I've seen that concept happen where it's like, it just works out. Everything works out all the time. It's like, how is this is kind of boring. You know, it's like, but, um, so now we're at the end of the fir- of the third episode and I'm understanding that there's a whole bunch of Easter eggs in a sense, or premonitions and things in the end credits, I guess in that part where they, the, the end credits before just the black and black and white part of the end credits it's like where the and i guess the imagery in the background and and things they have like a lot of stuff i don't really know i'm not this is not going to be the place for uh to learn about that stuff you're gonna have to go somewhere else i just learned about that from other places and so um anyways i just felt like bringing that up but the end like that last sequence i'm wondering this is what i'm wondering and i don't think they'll ever tell us because there was speculation that you know, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther could have shown up in this sh- series, in this show somewhere, because it was filmed before his passing. Um, and so there's a possibility that he might have been able to film something with them. And I'm wondering if he did, and Disney decided to cut it out, com- cut it out, because they wanted to respect him, and they didn't want to use use him. Because if he is in the show, 
they would be it would be really interesting if they chose not to use that as part of the promotion of the show because it's like what this is Chadwick Boseman's last on-screen appearance they how would they not use that so I'm wondering if they maybe switched it up be, knowing that moving forward in the MCU he's not around so they need to set up somebody else in Wakanda to be um you know a, a connecting thread and so they chose I don't remember her name but the lead that the leader of her the guard in a sense and I'm wondering if in that last scene actually was filmed with Chadwick Boseman like I'm wondering if he's the one that showed up and then Bucky was like I thought I was wondering when you were going to show up you know, because they, they do have a relationship with him being, the, you know, in Wakanda for a while, the white wolf, you know, idea. So that was interesting. And then th it's a little bit like, how did, so Bucky saw these little, did, were they putting these things out for Bucky to see and being like, we want to talk to you before we go kill Zemo <laughs> or what? I don't know. Cause it's kind of interesting that they did that instead of just been like, Zemo's dead. He killed our king. He's dead you know, straight up. But um, it'll be interesting to see how the Wakanda connection plays into this this show. Um, we haven't got a lot of Madripoor yet. Madripoor, is that the name of it? Um, I hope I'm saying, or did I, am I confusing it with the Doctor Strange place? Um, anyways, the place they went to see the power broker. Um, and uh, yeah, Madripoor? I don't know. I think I might have messed that up. But um, I think that's it. I think that's all I got. I'd love to hear what you think about the the show. Um, do you have any comments? Throw them in the... If you're listening to this on the podcast side, go over to the YouTube side and put it in the comments on the YouTube. And if you're watching it on YouTube, then just go jump down in the comments. Throw your thoughts and ideas into this. Um, tell me what you think about it. And if you're here still hanging out, thanks a lot for listening. I um, The last episode was the most listened to and viewed episode of the show yet still not crazy a lot of people listening by any means whatsoever but um hopefully maybe people will start to find this show and, and be interested in how i think about the show and how i talk about it and just want to hang out with me for a little while look this one's not even going to be a half hour this one's pretty short um excited for the next episode so until um next week be loving kind and patient peace